We're in a series. We're in a series of messages uh, that just, I just call gratitude adjustment. So I'm going to do a little, we're going to do a little bit of uh, audience participation, all right? Nobody participated for service. So I'm a little bitter, okay? Just saying, a little bitter. I'm teasing, of course. But nobody participated. But I, I kind of understand why after I started reading the questions, nobody wants to admit this stuff. And I'll be the first one to say, I'm not so sure I want to admit it. But here we go. Uh, okay. How often do you express gratitude in some form? Once a week? Once a month? Several times a year? Or maybe never? I can get it why nobody said, oh, yeah, that's me. I never tell anybody thanks, you know? No, I, I, I get that. But I just want you to think, I want that question to just kind of sit. Just kind of hang there, if it would, for just a moment. I, I wonder how many of you, now this is one you can be honest because I'm going to raise my hand. How many of you struggle writing thank you notes? Okay, thank goodness there are some out here that, that are just like me. And I want to tell you, if you've gotten a thank you note from me, you might want to frame that thing. Because, but don't ever, don't ever compare it to any other thank you note that I write to anybody else because they're probably identical. Because I just flat run out of words, you know. It's like, you know, thank you. I'm just not good at it. I'm not good at it. But I can meet, I confess that openly. You know, I wonder, might we be willing to admit that we display more ingratitude than gratitude? Now, now work with me on this. Because I'm pretty, co- pretty confident that if I had the opportunity to talk to everybody individually, I'd ask that question. Say, no, no, I'm, I'm express thanks. I'm very grateful for things. I'm, I, I make that very clear. But do we really? Because I think at times, unknowingly, ingratitude becomes more of a default setting within our life. We kind of gravitate back to that. And why do I say that? Because we don't necessarily express gratitude as often as we probably should. Diana Butler Bass wrote a book titled Grateful, The Transforming Power of Giving Thanks. And it's, it's quite a good read. Now, she doesn't come at it from a Christian perspective, although she is a believer. But she unpacks the idea of gratitude. And, but here's what she said that I thought was really telling. She said, saying, th- saying thank you can be so complicated. I, I have always struggled with gratitude. I want to be grateful. But too often, I find myself with no thanks. Think about that for a moment. I want to be grateful. But then it just, I find it hard to express it. I find it difficult in kind of navigating, how do I, how do I get there? How do I actually express this gratitude Genuinely speaking. Did you know, and I, I picked this up again from her book, she, she did a little survey or found a survey that said 78% of Americans, listen to this, 78% of Americans say they had felt strongly thankful in the last week. Now, wait a second. They'd felt strongly thankful in the last week. Whatever happened to days? What about the 168 hours? What about the 86,400 seconds? Where is that? In the week? I think everybody in the room would say, oh yeah, sure, I was thankful last week. 
And most of us couldn't find the actual specific occasion for which we were truly thankful. And for us, as followers of Jesus Christ, we should be thankful to a fault. We should be thankful 365, 24-7, every conceivable second we should be expressing our gratitude. Now, when I look at my own expressions of gratitude, I'm going to have to say this. I think I probably need to have some gratitude adjustment in my life. Look at what Psalm 136 verse 1 says. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. I'm going to read it again and I want you to read it with me. Come on, everybody. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Do you see how powerful that truth is? Do we recognize it? We are to give thanks to the Lord for no other reason because he's good. His character, his nature is good. Is good. Look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or worship idols, commit adultery or male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves, greedy people or drunkards or abusive or cheap people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Now that is a pretty bleak picture, isn't it? But look at what Paul says next. Look at this. Some of you were once like that. Every one of us at some point have been in a place that is absolutely contrary to who God is in his righteousness. But that's what we were. And he, Paul goes on and he says it so well. But you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. I want you to tell you something. That's what we were. But Jesus Christ brought us from death into life. He has saved us. He has made us new. And I want you to know that's a reason to give God thanks every moment of every day. You see, we should be thankful to a fault. If for no other reason that the Lord is good. That the Lord is good and that He has saved us. You see, gratitude, Melody Beatty says, gratitude makes sense of your past, brings peace for today, and I love this, and creates a vision for tomorrow. So for the next three weeks, we're going to talk about what your gratitude quotient is. We want to adjust that, because for me, I probably hadn't, I need to have mine adjusted a little bit on the higher end of things. So we're going to talk about being, having a gratitude adjustment, our theme verse for the the series for these three weeks is Romans chapter 12 and verse number 2. Look at what Paul says from the New Living. He says, don't copy the behavior of the world. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you. Let God transform you into a new person by doing what? Changing the way you think. Then you will learn, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know God's will for you. And you know what God's will for you is? Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. That's the will of God. You're going to learn that when our gratitude is adjusted. So we're going to do four gratitude adjustments this morning. We're going to look at Luke chapter, Luke chapter 17. We're going to look at a passage of scripture. It's really, really good. Before we do that, pray with me. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your word this morning. Speak life to us and adjust our gratitude, we pray in your name. Amen. Luke 17, verse number 11. Find it in your version, your Bibles, your 
your smartphone, wherever you might be. Also, the notes are there and all the, all the companion scriptures that we use on version. Luke 17, verse 11. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. But we have ten lepers in this story. Leprosy at, you know, in ancient, in ancient faith, or ancient times rather, was a, a very terrible disease. It's not quite as feared today as it once was. A leper at this particular time in history, they had to call out unclean. They were really the original social distancing group of people, to be honest. They had to stay away from people. Uh, it was a debilitating disease. Now, here you have 10, and so you guess you could say that these lepers, misery loves company, and they were all together. So here are 10 guys who have leprosy. Also, not only do we have 10 lepers, we have a great, great miracle. Jesus just speaks the word, and they're all healed. He says to them, go show yourself to the priest. And so they went, and then out of that, we, we see a great miracle in this one coming back to receive, or rather to give Jesus thanks. But I want you to also know that one of the things that's striking to me about this story is that Jesus was never shy from being where the needs of people were. He didn't shy away from lepers. And you can see other times when he was, he was close, he, he prayed for them, he healed them, he touched them. He was not afraid of that. And I love the fact that when you look at leprosy from a bigger, a bigger picture, leprosy is also a type of sin that separates us from community life, which that happened, separates us from everything, separates us from God. But Jesus interacts with lepers, and he brings, he brings life to what was once lifeless. I, I love that. In fact, we read in Matthew 4, Jesus traveled through the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and sickness. There's nothing our God cannot do. So this morning, if you have a friend, if you have a loved one, if you yourself are in need of something beyond imagination, Jesus is able. In fact, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8 says, don't you love this? Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. He's still our healer. He's still healing lepers. And I'll tell you, I was a leper. You were a leper. But Jesus healed that disease that separated us from God called sin. Grateful for that. Well, then we have really a very poignant lesson on gratitude. So we have lepers. We have a great miracle. But it's a very poignant lesson on gratitude. That's what this story is about. It is about gratitude. So what we want to do is I want to talk about four adjustments we can make to our gratitude. The first adjustment is this. We need to adjust our mindset and recognize our blessings. We need to adjust our mindset and recognize our blessings. Now, this may seem like a very small point, but it's one we shouldn't overlook. You see Jesus coming 
you know, he's, he's on his way, and he's passing near this village. These ten individuals come out of the village, and what do they do? They recognize him. That's Jesus. That's the guy that we've heard about. That's the guy who heals. That's the guy. So they come out, and they're, they're in his presence, and they call out to him and say, Master, Master, have pity on us. Have pity on us. I love the fact that they just simply asked for his help. They recognized him. His, his reputation had preceded him. And you and I are confronted. And that, by the way, that's a blessing. They knew it. They knew this was Jesus. He was able to do something. They recognized that blessing. And you and I are confronted with blessings, both large and small, every day. And my question is, do we recognize them? And when we recognize them, do we give God gratitude? Do we give him thanks for those very special or even simple blessings? I wonder how many of us woke up this morning and the first thing we said, thank you, Lord, that I didn't have to sleep out in the rain last night. I bet you not one of us. I wonder how many of us got up today and said, oh, thank you, Jesus, for my Kerrig, and I could just put the pot in and push brew, and I got coffee in 15 seconds. Probably didn't do that. You see, those are simple things, aren't they? But we don't pause and give God or recognize the simplest of blessings in our life. When the big stuff comes, we're all over it. But the small things, we sometimes just don't recognize. And here Jesus just walks into their community and he said, Master, have mercy, have pity on us. They recognize this small blessing. As I was preparing right at this moment, I hear my washing machine washing in the background. It's just turning away, man, doing its thing. Okay? And I cr it crossed my mind at that moment, thank you, Lord, that my wife didn't have to go down to the river and beat the clothes on the stones. And she said, I wouldn't have done it, I'd have sent you, you know. <laughs> but, but, here's, but here's what crossed my mind. I tell this story about every year, but tough. You're going to get it again, and as long as Jesus doesn't come, I'm going to keep telling the story. So there you go. I went to a boarding school one year, in, one year, a sophomore year in high school, and you say, oh, your parents sent you away because you were one of those guys. No, I actually wanted to go. It was a Christian boarding school in a little place called Canyonville, Oregon. The Canyonville Bible Academy, which is now Canyonville Christian Academy, I think. They've changed their name. Anyway, as a sophomore in high school, we had Bible classes. It was, it was terrific. We had our, our Bible teacher. Actually, she was a Bible teacher, but she was my English teacher. Her name was Mrs. Helen Dunbar. And Helen... And her, and her husband had been missionaries for many years. Helen was a very stately, a very stately woman. She was a very proper. Uh, she, was, she was very prepared. She was perfect to teach English under, those particular, under that context. She just was, she was a wonderful lady. She was very dramatic. So she would pray like this. Take her hands, hold her hands. You know, just, you kind of go, okay, here it comes, you know. And then she'd start to pray, and she'd say, oh God, thank you for my clean sheets. And us sophomores would go, what was that all about? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You know, 15-year-olds can be brutal, okay? None in the room, none in the room, just me, just me. This is when I was 15. 
I didn't realize it at that moment until years later. She was thankful for the smallest of blessings in her life. Because there had been a time when she didn't have that blessing. I'm telling you, that's convicting. That's convicting. I need to have my, I need to have my gratitude adjusted. Because I need to recognize the blessings that are in my life, as small as they might be. Psalm 9, in verse number 1, says, I will praise you, Lord, with all of my heart. Look at this. I will tell of all the wonderful things you have done. Remember, every good and perfect gift comes down from God. Everything. You say, even the Kerrig? Yeah. Maybe not the machine, but you understand the point. Listen to what Paul said to Timothy, for everything God created is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. Nothing. You see, we need to give thanks for a little. Give thanks for a little and you'll find a lot. Give thanks for a little and you'll find a lot. Second adjustment. We need to adjust our focus and give thanks to God. Now, as this miracle unfolds, you notice that Jesus tells these ten lepers, go show yourselves to the priest. He just spoke the word and the miracle occurred. You'll also notice that they were all cleansed. That's a great miracle. There's no question about it. I mean, it's just, it's kinda, it's just cool. That you go to show yourselves to the priest, and they, they started off, and what did they say? What the, what the text tells us is they were cleansed. They noticed it. Something had happened. Now, that's really cool. However... These nine guys, nine of the ten guys, were focused kind of on everything else. They're, man, look at me. I'm clean. Look at me. I get to go home. I get to return to the community life. I can get back into worship. I can, I can, I can. All of the things, but the one thing they neglected was gratitude. They never expressed that. Their focus was on all of the immediate. And you know, I can understand that because I'm very much the same. Good things happen, and often the last thing I do to my fault, is be thankful when it should be the opposite. Just like this Samaritan expressed his gratitude. The other nine did not. I'm not minimizing this miracle. It's amazing. And God has done amazing things in me over the years. God has done amazing things in you over the years. And you know, it's easy for me to look at all of the amazing stuff that God does in me and still fail to give Him the thanks. That he deserves. My focus and attention needs to be on giving God thanks for all that occurs. Cynthia Ozick said it this way. She said, we often take for granted the very things that most deserve our gratitude. Now, this is really kind of in, in contrast in some ways against the, with the small things on the one, and then you have the large things on the other. But we take for granted the very things that that most deserve our gratitude. God forgive me. God forgive us when I fail to express my gratitude. And, this, and the writer of Psalm 107 had it right. I challenge you to read Psalm 107. You see this, this over and again playing out of various challenges and difficulties. From One of the phrases that always catches my attention, it, it says this, they were at their wit's end. I don't know about you, but there are times I've been at my wit's end, not knowing what to do next. 
But in each of, the, each of the things that are described, there's this phrase. Then they cried to the Lord in their distress. They cried to the Lord in their trouble. So when we get into this place of trouble, they cried to the Lord. And there's all kinds of different things. Now listen to what then the response is in Psalm 107. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he breaks down the gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Yes, unequivocally, God did amazing things. But gratitude is in the forefront of everything. Yes, there's giving praise for what God does, but then it points back to who God is. And it is critical in our gratitude adjustment that our focus is upon the one who provides for us all that we Enjoy. So we need to adjust our focus and give thanks to God. Third adjustment is we need to adjust our percentages and be thankful always. Percentages are a curious thing. If you're a student, you want to get 100% on an exam. I mean, that's just, and if they got extra credit, oh man, bring it up to 105. That'd be great. That's awesome. Hey, you can go to Macy's and get a 50% sale. Yes. That's wonderful, 50% off. Oh, man, it's great. If you're a Major League Baseball player and you hit 300, only 3 out of 10, you are in rarefied air, okay? That's a star, star quality, 300. 10% isn't even bad. When it's Wells Fargo and they're giving me 10% on my money, boy, wouldn't we all take 10% on our money right now when we're getting 0.001%? It's like, what? It's like I'm having to pay you to keep my money. I mean, this is crazy. But you notice what Jesus focuses on here? He says it very clearly. Weren't all ten healed, but only this one guy and a foreigner, no less, he's the guy that comes back? Don't, don't miss this. He's concerned about percentages. I don't think, I don't think that if he wasn't concerned about percentages, I don't think that story would be in here. I think it is absolutely important to the Lord that our percentage always is on the upside and not the downside. More than 10%, I think, would be absolutely appropriate in my life. And I wonder how often I don't, I don't express my gratitude in a percentage that really really reflects all that God's done in my life, which, by the way, is 100% of the time. And that's really what this story is about. It's a, it's a story about gratitude. It's fascinating that Jesus draws attention to the percentage. You see, is Jesus concerned about the frequency of the expressions of our gratitude? That is a potent question. And I think we have to, say, I think we have to answer, yeah, I believe that he is. I believe he is. God gave us the gift of 86,400 seconds today. Have we used one of them to say thank you? That's pretty potent, isn't it? It's convicting. It's convicting to me. Ephesians 5.20 Always give thanks for everything to our God and the Father and Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to Colossians 2.7 let your roots grow down into him. and Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. 
It's the overflow of thankfulness. What is it? When you're rooted and built in him, when you are growing your faith in him, something happens. You will overflow with gratitude. You cannot help but overflow with gratitude because of what Jesus has done, but who Jesus is. You begin to understand more readily who he is and what he has done in us. Overflow with gratitude. Fourth adjustment is adjust our expectations and receive God's best. You may have heard something along these lines. Good, good is the enemy of great. Good is the enemy of great. And I would suggest that's what we see here. Uh, Understand, really good things happen in the lives of these ten lepers. So, Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priest. That was what was required of the law. They had to go show themselves to the priest. The priest would sign off and said, no, you're, you're clean. You're good. You can return. Everything's fine. That was what they did. That was their obligation. They fulfilled that obligation. But hear this. What's really important, all ten were cleansed. One came back. Now, there's no indication whatsoever that the other nine that did not come back and give God thanks that their miracle went away, that they had leprosy again. There's no indication of that at all. But understand something. These nine settled for good. That's, there's nothing, that's wonderful. They're healed. They settled for good. You say, Gary, I don't, I don't understand. What, what do you mean? When you follow through on the story, you notice that when the one comes back, the double outcast dude, okay, he is not only an outcast because he's, because he's got leprosy, the guy's a Samaritan. Samaritans and Jews, they didn't know. They did this. They didn't like each other. Okay? They just didn't like each other. So he's a double outcast. He's the guy that comes back and says, thank you. He even does it in a loud voice. So I don't know what that sounded like, but it had to be a loud voice. But here's the, here's the thing. You notice what Jesus said? What does he say? He says, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. You go, all right. That's kind of like the other ten, right? Or the other nine. Not really. The literal translation of that phrase, is you ready for this? You're going to like it. Your faith has saved you. You see, he went from good to great. The nine got good, but the one got great. Because not only was he healed physically, but he was healed spiritually. And you see, God has something great for us. Don't settle for the good. And the great comes when we adjust our gratitude. Don't let your expectations see, be so low. Well, you know, I just, I'll just, no, I'm believing for the good. No, I'm believing for the great in your life. And you need to believe the same for the great. I love the Amplified a version of the Bible. I, don't, I use it far more than I used to. I just love it. And this one just is mind-blowing. It's just so good. Get ready to get blessed, all right? Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all we dared ask or think infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, and dreams according to his power that has worked within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Hallelujah. That's the phrase that is exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. What do we see? Super abundantly more than we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our greatest 
prayers, hopes, and dreams. Come on. Great. Great. That's what I believe for you. And gratitude is what gets us there. It's what gets us there. You see, gratitude is the most, is the single most important ingredient in a successful and fulfilled life. It's the most important. And I would also say this, that gratitude, gratitude is a magnet for miracles. You want a miracle, you're believing for a miracle in your life, start with gratitude. Start thanking God for who he is. Start thanking God for all the small things that God has done. Begin to adjust that gratitude in your life and let God show up in super abundant, amazing, absolutely infinite ways. And he will. He will. Gratitude opens that door. Opens that door. So, adjust your expectations and receive God's best. I have been struggling with, my, with back issues for about 35 years. The first time that I recall having an issue was on a Sunday night. I can tell you, it was Sunday night, 1984. Yeah, I know. Don't start doing the math. You know, the dude's old. That's all you're saying. I know that. I'm good with it. I'm good with it. 35 is just fine. It's not old. You know, 35 is right. In, come on, y'all. Come on. Come on. All right. So... Sunday night after service, and I had, we were going to youth camp the next day. I was going to youth camp. My students had already gone up with my leaders, and I was going to camp. I had to stay that night and get some things done. Do, uh, we had a Sunday night service, and I had to do worship and all the stuff that I did. Well, I'm fixing up the stage afterwards, and I'm, you know, replacing mic cords, putting mics away, storing all the gear. And I get down on my knees, and I reach behind the chair to pull the mic cord up. When I did that, I felt just this tiny little twinge in my back. I really didn't think much of it. By the time I drove about an hour and a half to two hours to the camp, I was having a real difficult time getting out of the car. By the time I got into bed that night and I woke up the next day, I couldn't, I couldn't walk. In fact, I couldn't get out of bed. I had to have somebody help me out of bed. I had to have somebody help me put my socks on. Now, that's, I was 29 years old. And I couldn't reach down and put my socks on. I was almost in tears. I was hurting so bad. And I'm at youth camp. I have to spend the next 100 and whatever hours with my students and try and I couldn't do a thing. I walked around for the entire week like this. That's the best I could do if I could even get walking. So then, to make matters even better, Marcy and I and the family, we were going on vacation the very next day from youth camp. So the way I started my vacation was laying on my stomach on a picnic table at the campground because I couldn't do anything. And finally, my mother-in-law, God bless her, she said, I don't know if she put her hands on her hips or what, but she said, Gary, go to my chiropractor. And I said, I've never been to a chiropractor. She said, go to my chiropractor. I'll set it up. And I said, all right. So when we they drove, drove us into Sonora and Get into the chiropractor's office, and I, he comes out, and he says, okay, Gary, how can I help you? He says, I stand up, and I'm standing like this. He said, yeah, I think you got a problem going on. And I'm thinking, you think? And he says, oh, come on in here. So he gets me in there, and he's doing the little press test on my back, and he's checking out my hips and my whatever. And he says, all right, get down on the table, and he starts doing all these things. And he adjusts me. He says, all right, stand up. So now, you have to understand, for a week, I've been walking like this. He adjusts me, and now I stand up and I went, 
oh my God, I was almost dizzy because now I'm standing up straight, all because of an adjustment, of an adjustment. Everything changed. My life changed at that moment. And I would suggest this morning the same is absolutely true for every one of us. If we will have the courage to adjust our gratitude, life is right there. In, in, a whole, in a whole new way. All new dimensions of life are right there if we will have the courage to adjust our gratitude. So, one final thought. If you want to turn your life around, be grateful. If you want to turn your life around, be grateful. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for who you are and all you've done. This morning, the, f- the first thing that I pray is for anybody in this room that doesn't know you as Savior. That's the greatest decision any of us would ever make, is to invite you into our lives to be Savior, Lord. So, Lord, come into our lives. Forgive us of our sins. We confess our sins to you. We ask you to forgive us. We declare you as Lord. We'll follow you, Jesus, from this moment on. Let it be so. For many this morning, it's Jesus' name. I give you all the praise and all the thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.